The reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lyle Southall and this is... Lawson Walters. Lawson Walters. Welcome to the second half of the show. Welcome to Encounter with God, where we get into our Bible study for the day. 20 million people studying the same passage of the Bible all around the world. Before we get into that study, what have you got for the next clue for our quiz there, Lawson? Nobody's, all right. Nobody's got this one yet. Then yeah. we need to get the number out again. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call if you know the answer to the quiz. All right. And, and of course, you would want to know the answer because if you get the quiz correctly, you get a prize. And that's awesome. Absolutely. So, this is a What Book Am I quiz, and here's our next clue. This book tells us that what God requires of man is to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Okay. So, where's that? We should know where that is because (laughs) that's what we've been studying all last week. Oh, wow. So you should know the answer to that one. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0419-064-669 if you know the answer to the clue. All right, where are we up to in our Bible study? We are looking at a passage from the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55. And before we go there, Lawson, Uh what are you thankful for this morning? Uh, I'm, um, I'm just really thankful for great company. Had an amazing time last night, just hanging out with 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 people from my church, and um, playing. We play this card game called King Mao, and oh, it's no. like epic because this is this is the this is the card game for those of you who don't know it, where when you want to when you learn it, you will want to murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's basically this, this will this no, will this will put bad thoughts in your mind towards your friends. What's it, the, basically the premise of the card game is no one knows the rules and every round you make up a rule and so and no, but no one knows the rules and there's someone making up rules the winner of the la- previous round makes up the rules for the next round and then that person penalizes people for breaking the rules. So it, yeah, it was when you play like cuz we play like an 8-hour game of King Mao. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> too much time on your hands, Lawson. And so you should not be admitting this on radio. But after 8 hours it's like you put down a card and you have to say like seven things and stand up from the table and sit around spin around like it's just <laughs> gnarly. That's a nuts. Well, it's not, I'm I'm glad to hear that you have good community happening at uh, Raymond Terrace yeah. Church. Um, I may be a little bit disappointed that you played this for eight hours, but anyway, be there's a mate. That's the way it is. Uh, but at least you do enjoy each other's company, which is fantastic. Yeah. Now, um, don't forget, I just do need to give you this reminder before we continue any further that if you are struggling with a weak radio signal, what is the solution, Lawson? You need to go to the app store download a radio app, a digital radio app, search... Tune in radio, something like that. Tune in radio, something like that. Search Faith FM Australia. Yes. And press play. That's it. And bam, there you go. Done. Problem solved. But but the speakers in my phone are are not loud enough. I can't hear it in my car. So what you need to do is either like plug it in AUX or like get a tape deck AUX if you're like super old school. Um, get some earphones, dude. Earphones, like if you want a real cheap solution, like you you go to the servo, ten bucks for a set of servo earphones. Bam. Um, or you know you can spend like maybe. A- 
two hundred dollars if you really enjoy Faith FM, Bluetooth and you can and you can get um well you can just change the head unit in your car, just get a Bluetooth head unit, and then bam, and then you can listen to radio Bluetooth through the car, and then you can also talk to people and take phone calls and not be illegal. But yeah, let, you know, there's a number of different ways you can do it. Super simple, super very easy. easy. And <laughs> even if you are an older person who goes, oh, don't use that kind of technology, there will be some millennials around the place who will be happy to help you. Yeah. Just talk to a millennial. I'll get it sorted for you. Just talk to me. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843. We'll hook you we up. We will talk you through the process. Perfect. Yep. You will get uh, tech support from Faith FM. Okay, so give us a call and we'll get that sorted out for you and that way you'll never have to be driving down the road and have Faith FM sort of vanish away into the distance. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 1 and we're going to start reading in verse 46. All right. Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. The Bible says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble." He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped the servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Okay, so when we when we when we read this passage right here during our interview, which uh, you sort of came in for the last part of it, we were talking to Baron Newstrat about uh-huh. the very first piece of poetry anywhere in the Bible, uh-huh. which is Genesis three fifteen. I'll put enmity between your seed and uh, her seed, um, and 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 so forth. Here, mm-hmm. what we are introduced to is the very first piece of poetry found in the New Testament. Really? And Mary writes it. I'm really, like, as in, in the New Testament chronologically, or in the New Testament as in there's no poetry in Matthew and Mark? Chronologically. Chronologically. Okay. Yes. Okay, I was like... Pretty sure you're going to find some poetry in Matthew and Mark. Okay, okay, cool. I'm like, I was tripping But who's to say that Luke wasn't the first gospel written? No, I'm sure there's somebody out there. No, 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 It was Mark. We know it was Mark. Oh, you go with Mark? Yeah. No, I go with Matthew. Really? Absolutely. Written in Aramaic. Ah. And Mark is an abridged version. Mark made an abridgment of Matthew. See, how I've heard it said (laughs) is that Mark... So, Mark Mark is the shortest because it was the original, most straight-to-the-point gospel. Uh And Matthew and Luke used Mark's gospel as a reference. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's what I've heard. That's about <laughs> now, long and the short of, short of it is there are a number of different theories <laughs> out there. None of us were eyewitnesses of the writing of the yeah. gospel. Strange Awful. as that might be, <laughs> uh, but we do know that um, it's possible Luke could have been the first one. There are a very I, there is a minority argument that the first one was Matthew written in Aramaic. Mm-hmm. A majority view that 
Mark was the first one and then was expanded. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is common to see people make an abridgment, you know, take a, 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 a very special um, book and make an abridgment, mm-hmm. abridged version of it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's quite common. We get that. Um, so the majority view is that Mark was the first one and the other guys uh, expanded it. And then there's a minority, minority view that yeah. Luke was the first one. And I don't think anyone says that John was. No one says. That no John one right. says that John. But is. dude, the Luke, the Luke one—that's tripping me. I, I don't. I can't. I don't think I can subscribe to that. Luke <laughs> yeah, going no. first. That's that's pretty. It could be possible. <laughs> it could be possible. Because how we know? Because Luke, Luke was yeah, no, the, Luke, one of the only gospel writers that wasn't an eyewitness to to the actual events. And, and he kind of, he kind of, uh, he kind of admits to the fact that there were people who were writing stuff before him. Yeah, uh, but he doesn't name them. Ooh, okay. So there could have been other gospels that God has not preserved for us, mm. and we're not talking about the Gnostic gospels, yeah, right? No, 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 no Gospel of Thomas up in here. No, thank you. No, thank you. Gospel of Barnabas or whatever else. <laughs> gospel of Judas. Um, <clears throat> no, we're not talking about those. But they're, they're, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a fairly solid theory out there that um, the first one, whether it was Matthew or Mark, used a source that was codified within five years of mm. the death of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, that's yeah quite well attested to. Interesting. Anyway, but the <laughs> long and the short of it is, chronologically, in the New Testament, the New Testament really does begin with uh, the promise to John the Baptist. Yeah. The promise about John the Baptist to John the Baptist's yeah. parents. Chronologically, that's the beginning of the New Testament, and so therefore... This is the first piece of poetry written in the New Testament. It's not the first piece recorded in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back, so it's the first piece written. Yeah. There is a piece recorded. If you go to Luke chapter 1, uh-huh. and there's some poetry in verse uh, 15 through 17. Okay. Tell me why this is not the first piece of poetry. Okay. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn away many Israelites to the Lord their God. Okay. We're going to come back and we're going to finish that just after this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Now for the real clincher, verse 17. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Okay, so this passage is all about John the Baptist, uh-huh. and verse um, 16 and 17 is poetry. Why is it not the first poetry in the New Testament? Because it's from the Old Testament. Aha, uh-huh, that's it, right. It's it's a it's a quote. It's a quote. Bam. Whereabouts yes. in the Old Testament is it quoting from? Malachi chapter six. <laughs> yes, no. Oh, wait, what? Did I get it right? Uh, no, you, you, you just said wrong. yes, no. Am I? St- what? No, it's not because Mal- the no. answer the answer is yes, no. <laughs> yes, no is correct. Yes, it is from the book of Malachi. No, it is not from chapter six. Ah, oh, yeah. Duh. There are only four chapters. There's only so yeah, it's in chapter four. four chapter. <laughs> chapter four and verse six. Uh, it brings joy to my heart, Lawson, <laughs> that on occasions wisdom can um, get the better of 
Wisdom and wisdom and cunning can get the better of of of, of youth, was, youth and energy. I was so <laughs> sure. I was so confident. I like pointed and everything. I was like, yeah. But I was. It all fell apart. It all uh, fell apart. <laughs> should have said. You should have just said verse six, and then you would have been correct. I would have. That's that's that's. Did I say chapter? You said chapter. Okay. You said chapter. Okay. You said chapter. I don't know. Yeah. You should have said verse. <laughs> anyway. Very good. Okay, so this is um, obviously um, a, a prophecy that was made about John the Baptist, and it's interesting when uh, Gabriel gives this prophecy, he rewords it slightly. Uh-huh. He changes it a little from what Malachi wrote, and he adds this piece in here to make a, re- a to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So that really does outline mm. the fact that John the Baptist would be a forerunner of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have the same spirit, the same power of Elijah. Um, he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Mm. He would bring great revival and great reformation to the nation of Israel in preparation, or the nation of Judah, in preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay, so that's his work, and that's what he's been given to do. But we go over here, and we find this uh, this first piece of poetry, and it is the piece that um, Mary writes. Let's work our way down through it, and let's see what it actually has to say. So we're we're starting in Luke chapter one and verse forty six, uh-huh. and Mary says, "My soul magnifies the Lord." Let's stop there for a moment, and let's consider the circumstances of this. Place yourself in this situation mm. a couple of days before. An angel comes to Mary, who is a young girl, a virgin who has never slept with a man. Uh-huh. Okay, so she's a virgin. An angel comes to her, and the angel says, you are pregnant. Oh. That would take you by surprise. <laughs> yeah. Not only are you pregnant, but your child is the son of God. Okay. Oof. Now, I don't know about you, but for me... When news, there is such a thing as news that is too good to be true. Mm. And I don't think that this could happen to me without me sort of double checking myself a little bit. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, what? What What did the angel just say? Was that really the case? Yeah. And then the angel goes and it's like, did that just happen? Mm. You know, you can't deny it. But at the same time, it's like, really? Yeah. And so she leaves. She just up and leaves. She, you know, Joseph must have been wondering, like, wow, where did where did my fiance go? You know, she she was here and now she's suddenly gone. Mm. What what happened here? She just leaves, and she travels all the way, and it would have taken a couple of days to get there um, to her cousin Elizabeth's place. And as she walks in the door. Elizabeth is like six months pregnant. You know, she's only, Mary has only just fallen pregnant. Mm. Elizabeth is like six months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that, um, well, let's let's back up a little bit to, uh, let's start in, uh, let's start for us in verse 40. Yeah, the Bible says, um, where Zechariah lived, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and as Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Elizabeth was uh, gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Okay. <laughs> that is wild. All right. This is, this is really wild. She walks in the door and she's like, hey, Elizabeth. You know, she just, you know, whatever you normally do. And the moment that she does so, John the Baptist, who is filled with the Holy Spirit from conception, yeah, recognizes the voice of the mother of God. Yeah. Of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Elizabeth recognizes that the response of her child is in response to the fact that God has just arrived. <laughs> yeah. And she and she just spouts it out. She's like the moment you walk through, my child recognized that your child is God. It's God. Okay, now think about Mary. She's only yeah. just conceived. Yeah. She has only just conceived. Nothing's showing. You know, this baby would have been a, a jelly bean. Yeah. Okay? Nothing is showing. She hasn't said a thing. She is wondering about what on earth has this angel said. Is this true? Did I really experience that? You know, all of these questions you would be, you would be mm. questioning yourself. Am I really pregnant? And she walks in, and that's the very first thing. You know, she's said nothing to anyone. Yeah. Elizabeth lives, you know, on the other side of the country. There's been no rumor spread. Nothing. She didn't even say anything to Joseph. The Bible just says that she just, you know, in the previous verse, um, you know, the angel says for in verse 37, with for with God, nothing shall be impossible, you know. Yeah. Um, you're a virgin, but you're going to have a child. Um, and, and Mary's like, you know, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, and be it unto me according to your word. The angel left, and Mary rose and went into the hill country. Yeah. So she, the angel's there. She gets up. She leaves. She doesn't say anything to anyone. She walks in the door, and Elizabeth knows exactly what's happening. <laughs> and John the Baptist knows exactly what's happening. Okay. And, and, and I want you to think about the implications of this for a moment. Think about the implications of John the Baptist, six months old, in his mother's womb. Yes. Recognizes the presence of God and jumps for joy. Okay? Think about that. And place that then in the context of the legislation that just passed the lower house of the New South Wales Parliament legalizing abortion to full term. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. That's heavy. Mm. That is absolutely heavy stuff right there. This is a person. This yeah. is a real person, and it is a person that God communicates with. This is something that we we sort of, you know, we, we think about, uh, as a minister, I think about a lot, um, you know, about the, the ability to respond, you know, the ability that people have to respond to the gospel. Um, because, of course, like, as someone who is sharing the gospel, who is sharing God's word, it's just, it's just something that runs through your brain. No, not necessarily the question of, like, oh, how old a person needs to be, but it's like, oh, you know, how do I get this to happen? 
you know, how, how can I, you know, or, you know, how can I live in a way? How can I talk in a way? How can I be in a way, um, that people will respond to the gospel? And you're, and you're always looking for opportunities for people who are, who are, who are ready to, mm-hmm. to take God's word. And the Bible just says here, like, it's just straight up. It's just like this six month old child responded to a prompting of the Holy Spirit, like responded to conviction. Um, and jumped for joy, which is like, like, you know, very showing us that even a child of this age has the ability to respond to the, to the gift of God, to salvation. You know, something we talk about a lot as well as the whole four to 14 window, yep. like that, that pe- people who make an, uh, a decision for Jesus between four and 14 are the most likely to have that for a lifetime. But even I've had thoughts sometimes where I'm like, oh, is four a little bit too young? But this is like six months old. Six months since conception. <laughs> that is awesome. This is Francesca Batticelli with You're Here. Hold on now, gotta take a deep breath. I don't know what to say when I look in your eyes. You made the world before I was born. But here I am holding you in my arms tonight. This 
The night that God became a baby boy Someday you're gonna go home again But you leave your spirit and flood the world with joy You'll be That was Francesca Battistelli with You're Here, and you're here on Faith FM <laughs> right now. We are. We're here. We're here at the studio on Faith FM. Nobody's, um, nobody's given us a answer for that quiz yet. Oh, come on, guys. It's come Monday. On. Don't all, you everyone's suffering from monday Don't you want a prize? Don't you want something for free? All you have to do is know stuff. Get that, stuff for free for uh, knowing stuff. That's awesome. Give us, give us the next clue. All right, next clue. Okay. We already know that this book tells us that God requires man to, to act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with him. That's now, good. next clue. What book am I? This minor prophetic book contains seven chapters. Okay, so we know what part of the Bible it is mm-hmm. in and we know how many chapters it is. So go uh-huh. to that part of the Bible and look for a book that has seven chapters and give us a call on <laughs> 1-800-324-843 and see if you can win your prize this week. Mm. Okay, we were in Luke chapter 1. one. We're looking at the first piece of poetry where um, Mary and Elizabeth have met together and this is where Mary really receives confirmation. Mm. I think we often, as human beings, we doubt a lot. Yeah. And we like to have confirmation. Uh. This is one of the reasons why God has put so much evidence in the Bible for who he is and what he has done. God never, ever expects people to just accept what he says on blind faith. Now, if you had an angel come to you, I think that's pretty good evidence right there (laughs) because you are an eyewitness to a supernatural experience. Mm Mm-hmm. However, when the news is this big, you can understand that there would be it would you know the bigger the news is, the more exciting the news is, the easier it is to suspect that you've got it somehow wrong yeah, or did it fully. really happen? And there our world has never ever had bigger or better or more exciting news mm. than the news that Mary receives. Yeah. Just simply has never happened, and so this is the biggest news. And so you can understand. I I, I give her a break for um for like what is going on? You know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go and disappear and and have a think about this and go and visit my cousin for a while. And and uh, the moment that she does, mm. instant yeah confirmation. That's the thing. It's like big claims need big evidence. Yeah, you know, if I came to you and I told you oh, I drive an i thirty, you'd you'd be like okay. But if I claimed to you and said, I'm actually a self-funded private billionaire, 
then you'd be like, oh, okay. Well, you would start laughing Show at me. me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, yeah, I'm whatever. <laughs> but I know you. But yeah, the, the, you know, there's certain evidence that is required to, to, you know, stake against big claims. And even in this case, like an angel has come to her. She, that's been like a real experience that she's had, but still, but still, like God really confirms it for her, which is awesome. It is indeed. Okay, so now she has that confirmation, and that's when she writes this piece of poetry. That's when she sings this song, Mary's Song. Okay, mm-hmm. let's have a look at uh, Mary's Song again in a little bit more detail. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, uh, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Mm. You know, here you've got a peasant girl. Mm. And she suddenly recognizes that she's been chosen by God to bear the Son of God. Mm. She knows that she's going to be one of the most famous women in history. She's going to be a household name for you know two of the world's biggest religions and a household name for most of the world, even those that are of different religions or are of no religion. Uh, uh, of course, you know, there's a... Um, many of these religions have taken this too far and they've made a God out of Mary. And, of course, that was not what she was intending or God was intending or anyone was intending. It's just evidence of how humans mess things up. Mm -hmm. But needless to say, uh, that's exactly what has happened. You know, all generations shall call me blessed. That's been fulfilled. We live in the fulfillment of that 2,000 years later. Keep going for us there, Lawson. What's the next verse say? Uh, verse 29 says, For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. Yeah, one more. One, one more. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. Okay, and, and this is really important because particularly as we've been studying the subject of social justice, we find that, you know, the peasants, the vulnerable members of society, the low socioeconomic groups within our community are the ones who receive the least mercy and the least justice. Uh-huh. And people are like, yeah, well, you know what? I really just couldn't care because, you know, for a whole multitude of different reasons. But here what you found is that God did not come down to this earth and choose a royal family mm. to be born of. He did not choose, you know, the family of a billionaire. To be born to. Uh, he did not choose the family of a television evangelist to be born to. You know, or one of these, you know, speakers with a global ministry. He chose a simple peasant girl. I feel like that's just the story of Israel, like, summed up in, like, you know, a little, in a nutshell, is God choosing those who just don't, have prestige or aren't qualified or the weakest whatever, of the weak. whatever it may be, you know. And I think as well, like as it says, from gener- showing mercy from generation to generation. Um, like at this time, this is f- like four hundred years after the like the grand great narrative of Israel has been that yes, they were faithful to God, then they were unfaithful to God, then they were put in captivity, and then there's that whole scene with Daniel where he's like, oh well, like God, like if there's no city, then like. We've destroyed this, like, we've had the city destroyed because of our unfaithfulness, but now, if there's no city, then there's no, 
there's no saviour. You know, and then, like, you know, God works in that situation to rebuild the city, rebuild Jerusalem, and, and it's like, this is finally the fulfilment of, like, he, like the ultimate mercy that he's just been merciful all the way through all the way through their unfaithfulness and it's like okay it's all come to this mm-hmm. like all the generations of mercy every time that humanity made a mistake and went astray and god fixed it um you know sometimes making them fall to their you know consequences like in the captivity sometimes not but finally it's like god has brought the savior like through every like every generational stuff up that's happened he's fight it's come it's like there's nothing there but mercy, but grace. Because it's just like, why would he? Why would he even do that? Why would he pick people that are so inept, like morally? And <laughs> it's like, but then that's us. It's like that's me. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's 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 just um, and, and this is God's method. You know, you look at you look at so many different times down through history where God has chosen the weakest of the weak. Mm. You know, even some of the greatest heroes of the Bible, some of the greatest um, individuals. You look at, say, for instance, King David. Yeah, the youngest youngest of his family, a teenager, a kid, and God anoints him to be king over Israel. Mm. He becomes the greatest um, hero of uh, of Israel of all time. Mm. And how many times is this story told over and over and over again where God does not choose the great, mm. he chooses the dedicated. Yeah. And really, if we want to do great things for God, then that's what it involves. Mm. Okay, where did we get up to? He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. You know, we've got this, uh, that just continues on with the same lesson. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. She recognizes her position in society mm. and she just thanks God that God even knows her. Yeah, wow. But not only does he know her, that he has blessed her in this incredible way. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich have gone away empty. Uh, and this really does bring into balance this whole concept of social justice that mm. we're talking about, um, where the rich so often oppress. Mm. And yet, you know, you look at this Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein situation, and <laughs> sometimes it turns around the other direction, doesn't it? Wow. All right. Why did I bring that up with this little time left to go? But anyway, <laughs> this is Fernando Ortega with Be Thou My Vision. Great fun. 
to mind when you think of studying nursing practical experience a rewarding career great employment prospects when you think of nursing think of avondale college of higher education 92.7 percent of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree with credible experience and with friends for life to apply now visit avondale.edu.au it's higher education designed for life Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I want Jesus to. 
Welcome back, everybody. It's question of the day time. Uh, a little bit of a technical glitch <laughs> there. Not quite sure what's happening. Okay, so uh, we have an interesting question today, mm-hmm. which um, was posed to me over the weekend for question of the day. And it goes a little bit like this. There is a letter that Elijah writes to King Jehoram. Mm-hmm. about his evilness and wickedness. And it's a fairly straightforward letter uh, we find in Second Chronicles chapter 21. So if we turn over to Second Chronicles chapter 21, we can read what the Bible says right here. Second Chronicles chapter 21, verse 12 to 15, where the Bible says, And there came a writing or a letter, to this is to him, to Jehoram, from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord God of David your father, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but have walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and have made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go whoring like the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and also have killed your brethren of your father's house, which were better than yourself. Behold, with a great plague, the Lord will smite your people and your children and your wives and all your goods, and you shall have great sickness by disease of your bowels until your bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. Ouch. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, does it? Nah. (laughs) That sounds rather uh, serious. Okay, is there anything unusual about this letter? Ooh. Um. At initial reading, we would say no. No. This is a fairly standard letter of a prophet to a wicked king of Israel or mm. Judah. We have a number of similar letters that we find in the Bible yeah. where the prophets are like, yeah, you know what? You guys need to get your act together. This is, mm. this is, this is where you're at spiritually. And as a result of that, there are going to be certain uh, consequences. And I can do nothing about those consequences unless you turn your life around. Mm. Except that Jehoram is the son of Jehoshaphat. 
Yes. And it was during the reign of Jehoshaphat that Elijah went to heaven. Oh. Oh. Oops. That's okay. So did Elijah write a letter from heaven? <laughs> How are you going to answer this one, Lawson? Um. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of. I'm struggling, man. <laughs> stumped, 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 stumped. Okay, so you've got uh, um, two two possibilities. The first one is um, the one that we're going to run with, and that is that if you go back to Second Kings chapter one and verse seventeen. Well, this is what you find in the Bible. The Bible writes down stories. Um, and this is a very uh, Hebrew way of writing thematically rather mm-hmm. than chronologically. And yes. often you'll find stuff that's way out of whack chronologically. That's okay. But you also find situations where kings were co-regents. Mm. Um, and if you go to, let me see here, uh, Second Kings chapter 1, and where is it? Verse 17, where the Bible says, So he did according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken, and Jehoram reigned in his dead. And the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because he had no son. Um, and what you've got is a co-regency that takes place here of between uh, five and six years, mm-hmm. which brings it into a time frame during which Elijah could have written directly to him pre- prior to his translation to heaven. Mm. Okay, so that's one possibility, which is probably uh, most likely exactly what uh, the reality is. The other possibility, of course, is that Jehoram, he was alive, obviously, during the time mm. of Elijah. He was a wicked teenager. That's yep. not hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, one of these spoilt brats of a king, royal family. And Elijah could well have written this letter to be handed on to Jehoram mm-hmm. based either on his prediction of the kind of reign that Jehoram would have or simply divine revelation. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The, the, the first place you would go would be the fact that Elijah's a prophet. And see, this is the thing. Back in the ancient days, they never used to date letters. Mm. Letters were never dated back in ancient times. And so, you know, we can't say that Jehoram receives this letter dated on the of like five years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it could well have been the case that he's written it out and he's given it to somebody, placed it in their trust, and says, okay, on such and such a date, hand this on to Jehoram. So we've got no real no problem, really no problem here, either a co-regency or a lit- letter written in preparation for the event. You unravel me with a melody You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no My name 
Listening to Voices of Lee, No Longer Slaves, here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show, which means that Lawson is about to give something away. What have you got for us there, Lawson? Ooh, okay, so we've been talking about in our Bible study, we've been talking about Mary and the position that she was in as a young, vulnerable um, woman and the responsibility that she's been given by God. Um, and, and I think that's something that just really highlights the love that God has for women, for, for women and the love, you know, and, and the things that he wants to do with them and the way that he wants to, to restore them as men as well. But it's, it's yeah. Anyway, I've got this book here. It's called Damsel Arise by Jennifer Jill Sch- uh, Schwerzer, I believe it is. Um, Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. We she's, had her on Faith FM yeah, uh, a few months ago. She's been on Faith FM. I heard her speak at a camp meeting recently with some really 
powerful, effective um, testimonies and sermons. Like, I'm like... International speaker, acclaimed author. Huge fan of Jennifer Jill. And she's got this book. It's called Damsel Arise. And I'll just read a bit of the blurb. It says, This book is about womankind, her creation, her fall, and her renewal in the Redeemer's love. That the enemy has exploited since consequence, we are reminded that God is still mighty to save. Um, so this is an amazing book. Just from that paragraph, we can see that this is an incredible book. And if you want to, if you want to read this book, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and the first caller will get it completely for free. There you go. Um, don't miss out on this book by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. Um, and uh, give us a call right now. That book will be yours. Awesome. Okay. We've come to the end of the show. We have. <laughs> So we oh. should tell people how they can study the Bible. Oh, yeah. If you want to study the Bible, you should just call us because we want to study the Bible with you. Absolutely. Like give We us- love studying the Bible. There is nothing we enjoy doing more than studying the Bible. So give us a call. Amen. Is it 1-800-324-843. We can get you hooked up if you're in our local area with different Bible teachers. If you're not in our local area, different Bible teachers, different Bible study guides, different correspondents. Um guides, anything, anything that you need. You just need a Bible. We cool. We, we want to we'll help Make sure you, you have we, a Bible. We, we love you. We love that you listen to Faith FM. And uh, we have more great programming coming up after this. Every eye shall then behold Him dreadful majesty those who said and not sold him pierced and nailed him to the tree deeply wailing deeply wailing shall the true Messiah see and lo he By man rejected Now shall meet him in the end Hallelujah, hallelujah See the day of God